Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. So welcome to today's episode where Tara and I will be talking about facing your art fears, whether that's drawing or painting something you think you can't or trying a new medium you've never tried before. We're going to talk about why it's so important to be brave and challenge yourself. So as always, before we get on to today's topic, we want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media this month. Bradley Bergen, he has been joining in with the Poetry Challenge again this year. I always love reading his poems. And Joanna Brown, she's been doing both the Quick Kicks Challenge, which is um, continuous line drawing this month, and also the Poetry Challenge. And she's been kind of merging the two together, so making her drawings and then uh, creating small poems to go with them, which I think is a really nice idea. And I've got to say, people seem to be loving the abstract challenge and there are so many people getting involved with this. I'm finding it really hard to pull out specific names because they're just all so different. But here's a few. Um, Cassie Nobbs, she's been really getting into it and she's doing some really lovely work. And also Cheryl Martin, she's creating some really interesting work. But um, honestly, I could read out so many names that it would take up the whole episode. Frank J. Ferrer. Um, he's been doing really well with the Kick 365 Challenge. I think as we record this, he's just gone past the 60-day mark and he's doing really well with it. Um, There's one other person, actually, who's been drawing some really quirky faces for the Abstract Challenge. But she's one of those people who just never seems to realise how great they are. And I can't think of her name. Do you you know Tara? She's a bit bit mad, a bit bonkers. Um, what's her name oh Tara someone is it maybe Tara Roskell (laughs) your faces they've been great but you keep you keep you keep saying oh I don't like this one this one's not very good but I think god they're so good everyone likes them oh thank you I mean I was going to talk about them later but well we can talk about them later (laughs) well okay I'll talk about them later but thank you I think (laughs) in a sort of roundabout uncomplimentary way you said that thank you <laughs> so, what, so what's caught your eye um well i john monroe he's done some fantastic poems i don't know if you've yes, seen those yeah yeah and i'm also loving continuous line drawings by eva i'm probably gonna say this wrong eva falk wall simpson and katie underscore taylor 21 she's on instagram so they've been doing some fantastic continuous line and christine Milor, her abstract paint is absolutely beautiful I could just fall in love with those. They're so nice. So atmospheric. Oh, they're just beautiful. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, what's been happening with you? Well, I had to say goodbye to my latest painting a few days ago. That's my cigar and rum painting that's currently on its way to Belgium. And um, it was one of those pieces that I was really quite sad to see go. And you get them sometimes where you, you just really sort of take a gulp when you wrap it up. (laughs) And it's often the case because... You know, sometimes I almost feel like a little piece of me has gone with it. If I've really enjoyed something and, you know, you've worked on it and nurtured this thing and and got it to a stage where you're like really happy with it. 
and you only and if it sells straight away you you don't get to enjoy it at that stage for hardly any time at all it's just gone and then you're never going to see it again so um so for the first time I finally decided this is something I've been meaning to get round to for so long um, and I, I decided it was time to get some limited edition G-Clay prints made and I'm really glad I did because I really couldn't be happier with how they've turned out. The match is just spot on. So um, I did some prints of my bottle tops painting as well. That's another one where I think once the original goes I, I really know I'm going to miss it because it's so colourful. So I'm, I really want to know, just tell me how the process works for doing these prints. What, what do you have to do? Well, I, there's a guy in East Hoathly and he is absolutely fantastic. He's a photographer, a professional photographer. He's, his stuff's all over the papers and magazines everywhere. He's so good. But he, on the side, he does these beautiful, um, these gicle prints. And he's got this studio that is specifically designed around photographing paintings to make them into prints um and when you go in there it's kind of like he's, he's got this it's huge great big sort of lights i mean they're massive they're bigger than me long lengthways and they they're on these great big sort of frames that go up to the ceiling and then you've got this um overhead camera and then he's got all these sort of colors on the floor which is kind of i don't know what it's called it's like a scale a color scale is it and then a gray oh, scale right. and then he has to sort of scan picture against these colors through to this other big old computer he's got well it's it's like proper gadget I mean when you walk in there <laughs> I took my dad in with me and he was like oh this is my idea of heaven it's just brilliant and um and then so this his camera links to his uh computer that links to his printer which is huge this printer it's not like you know the ones we've got yeah. it's massive and um and then he uses all this uh, this fancy paper. I don't know what it is, but anyway, archival inks and stuff. I guess yes, yeah, pigment in inks, and it's this German etching paper. I can't remember what it's called. Some weird name beginning with H. I don't know. Handmule. What was that? I know that handmule's not that one. The same as the watercolor paper. They it, don't it has it, got they? a texture. Um, right. It's really anyway. He it. Honestly, I went and had a look at them and they are so, so nice. I was so, so chuffed in the detail that this thing's picked up. It's even picked up very, very faint um, pencil marks um, under one of my bottle wow. tops <laughs> where I, you know, it's gone that far into detail. Yeah. So it's incredible, really. So I don't know how many I'm going to get to. I think I might do 25. Is it expensive to get them done? Yes, yeah, not cheap. Um, yeah. I think one of the, the most expensive part really is getting the actual master image done. Yeah. And then after that, obviously, you pay for the prints. I thought, I'll yeah. do 25 of each. And then what's great is I'll get to keep one. So um, And I'll have a record of, of some of the paintings I've done, which are not just a little file on my computer, which would be nice. So, um, yeah, so I'm just waiting for those to be mounted and backed. And then I'm going to put them on my website. Just, just wish I'd, I'd done it a long time ago. Um, and, of course, I've been busy doing some bonkers things for our Art Kick Sunday videos, which you can find on our YouTube channel. I think Paul finally thinks that I've lost the plot because <laughs> our weekends are just not the same anymore. So the other day, he was busy doing his, I don't know, usual man stuff outside. And I've leant out for my studio window and I said, um, Paul, um, can you please come in here for a minute? I, I just need you to quickly tie me to this chair. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's just kind of looking at me sideways and rolling his eyes. And a few minutes later, he came in with this kind of weird strap thing that he uses to secure things in his van. And it's like a giant seatbelt. And I'm like, well, haven't you got any rope? He's like, well, oddly enough, I don't <laughs> he have... He wasn't a... expecting this. <laughs> I don't have a rape kit lying around anywhere. <laughs> So, poor thing. He's, you know, he spends his whole weekends now just rolling his eyes at me and shaking his head. But at least he could never accuse me of being boring. And more recently, I keep catching him looking through my studio window and taking secret photos of me while I'm <laughs> filming. So, I keep having to Maybe shut my blinds. Maybe we can actually keep, use those in our social media, the secret photos he's taking. Oh, God. Well, the thing is, they're not that great because they're reflecting mostly the sky from the outside. Oh. That's the only thing. But... I think he finds it amusing, really. The other day I was wearing a, a wig and he got a bit of a surprise <laughs> when he came to the window and had brown hair. <laughs> oh, is that that one we were imitating each yeah. other? That was yeah. fun, actually. We're having a lot of fun, though, aren't we? So, yeah. so what about you? What, what's new with you? Well, I'm enjoying doing the videos as well. Um, luckily, I can actually shut my door and usually Kevin's out when I shoot them, but he does kill himself laughing. The one where we imitated each other, he just, he, he watched that. He says, oh, can I watch it again? He just, he's, he's like... It just doesn't look like you. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like you. <laughs> it's it's going to ask you to bleach your hair, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. Paul, Paul's going to ask me to go brown. <laughs> um, but also, um, Morwenna Walcock, um, she tagged us because she'd actually been watching some of our videos and, and she'd bought a cheap light, light box. You know, we did a little video of our light boxes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so she'd bought one and she was saying how much she, you know, she liked it. She'd only just got it, actually, but she was playing with it. But um, surprisingly, she didn't mention that she wanted John Bergman underwear that I was wearing in the video. <gasps> no. So, no, really? I thought that was weird. Oh. We have explained about the John Bergman underwear, haven't we? I'm not sure we have, but um, anyone who wants to see them and see you doing your housework in your underwear... <laughs> <laughs> Please check out YouTube. Yeah, check out YouTube. <laughs> That'll put anybody off, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> so all the views we've had so far are Kevin then. <laughs> Pro probably, yeah. Yeah, loving my John Bergman pants yeah. are actually unofficial, so we had to actually get his permission. We did, we did. For using that. Yeah. Um, so I've also been continuing with Abstract Art April. I've been doing, like you said, I've been doing faces. Um, and I'm actually planning to do it as a 100-day project as well, but... I'm going to reevaluate after 30 days just to see how I feel about it. Can, can um, I just ask you about this 100-day yeah, project? Because we yeah. talk about it a lot. And it, yeah. it, um, I'm right in thinking it's just a, you can do any project at all, but it's got to be for 100 consecutive days. It doesn't. Ha it's supposed to be for 100 consecutive, 100 consecutive days, but people do take breaks if they go on holiday and stuff. So mm. you will find people like... Uh, maybe a month after is still playing catch up, yeah. you know, because life's got in the way sort yeah. of thing. Um, I actually started a day early because obviously Abstract Art April started early. Yeah. But also I think, um, say I, I'm wavering on whether I get to the end of 30 days, I may switch it up, but I'm just trying to make myself create more, I think. I mean, I've even cheated so far because some days I do two and then I might not feel like doing one another day. So I'll just use the one I've already done. Oh, I see, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've started those faces, and it's it's really weird with those because um, I, I started doing them, and I loved it. And the first ones I did, I really liked, and then I've had an odd one that I've done that I've liked. But then you do some, and you get a bit, oh, it doesn't look as good. And I think you start losing a bit of spontaneity. Is it because Probably. you're bored of doing them after you've done them for a while, do you think? 
Um, I, I don't think it's actually boredom in this case, which is weird for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's um, almost you get to know how you do them and then you become a bit more precise, if that makes sense. Do you think for you the learning part, the learning process is, is the most fun and then once you've mastered something you almost crave that sort of experimental phase? I definitely crave the experimental phase, mm. but it's because when I first did these, I'm kind of, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm trying things out. But then when you get, so you do know what things you're doing, mm. I think it becomes a little bit formulaic. What about trying so, it with different mediums? Yeah, well, I'm actually going to do that because for Easter, Kevin said to me, um, instead of an Easter egg, would you like some paint? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yes, please. So he's supposed to be buying me three tubes of paint of uh, acrylic. Ah. Um, because I've got a load of acrylics already from years ago yeah. that I've dabbled with now and again. Um, but I haven't got like a real good, like a crimsony kind of a, you know, a going towards purpley yeah. pink yeah. red. I've only got like a cad, cad uh, red. So he's getting me one of those, a proper orange. Mm -hmm. So because I've got so much orange in these and a purple. I know I could mix, but just thought it'd be nice to have. Well, I think when you're doing it in such an immediate way, someone like you who, who paints like that's probably better from, you know, not having to go through the whole process of mixing spot-on colours and all that. Because yeah. you just want to... You're more of somebody who just wants to sort of, oh, just see how this goes, because that's what you like, isn't it? It's what you enjoy. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a bit like... I always put it down to being like... Um, you know when you're playing pontoon? I've never. I've never <laughs> it's a really it. weird analogy. <laughs> but you know pontoon? No, yeah. I don't. I've heard of it. You know the game. What was it called? Like twenty-one. When you got to get twenty-one on the card game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So when when I sort of get a style, and I'm kind of working on, it, I'm thinking, yeah, I think it's getting there. It's like I've got seventeen <laughs> in my hand, right? Yeah. And it's like, um, shall I carry on? In which case, I'll have another card and keep going. Um, but then I might go bust and not like it at all. Or shall I just... <laughs> I'd have this weird, really weird analogy. Whether I should carry on going, basically. Stick. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. Yes. So, I don't know. But I, I think it's something... Anyway, I can always revisit, can't I? I don't have to stick to it. Well, you could do... Because I know you're doing faces. Have you done any yeah. men yet? Because I've seen lots of girl faces. What about men and, and animals and birds? And Have you yeah. thought about trying the same sort of style but for something different if you're feeling that way. about men yeah thought about men quite a lot right. <laughs> um I'll try do it try I did, that I did do a man the first first one I did it was like a screaming man right the, the very first one I did so yeah I might try that we'll see I'm also I was doodling last night so I might throw in some different stuff but one more thing I've also been listening to podcasts a lot of podcasts lately some arty ones yeah and I've realized we're missing something <gasps> What are we missing? We never use the word juxtaposition. <laughs> so I think, because it seems to be a must with pretty much every art podcast I've listened really? to. Really? Yeah. So I'm thinking that we need to work it in. <gasps> juxtaposition. To, okay. to today. So okay. if you can think of a, a way of putting juxtaposition in there somewhere. I'm trying to think of a way of juxtapositioning... I can't even say the word, um, that to the next link, which is basically talking about today's episode. 
Yeah, I had to actually look it up what it meant. I think it doesn't mean when you put something against something else. It's like um, in colours, you know, if you put orange against blue, the juxtaposition. I can't say it. Juxtaposition. Who says that in a podcast? The the really arty farty ones do. Oh, oh, Yeah. yeah. So I think we need to do a bit of that. Okay. Uh, it's apparently an act or instance of placing close together or side by side, especially for comparison or contrast. Ah. There we go. So it could be to do with a link yeah. from your what you said to mine, which is, <laughs> which is in today's episode, we are going to talk about why it's important to face your fears and draw or paint what you think you can't. Um, it's all too easy, isn't it, to stay well within our comfort zone. But daring to break out of, of that is a really important part of being an artist, certainly if you want to progress. And I think that's pretty much what you've just been talking about, really, Tara, isn't it? What are your thoughts on it? Um, well, I think if you try something you know, that you think is going to be really hard, you might really surprise yourself. And you never actually know until you actually try it. You don't know if you're capable of mm. it or not. You know, I didn't think I could draw these weird orange faces. Um <laughs> It's also really difficult, I think, if you've got an established way of working. I'm probably, I'm probably quite lucky in that way that I haven't got... Well, I don't think I've got an established style. But if you have, it must be quite hard to kind of breaking out of that, you know, because almost like you, because you're known for kind of your glass paintings, it's much harder to break out of uh, that way of drawing, you know, f- facing the fear of trying something new. Well, yeah, we kind of had a... Th- a th- we were talking yesterday, weren't we? Um it was quite funny because for the videos, we are obviously sharing various things and ways to draw things and whatnot. And I, I was kind of, I've always been quite a pedantic sketcher in my sketchbook, haven't I, Tara? And one of the things I've always struggled with is just loose, everyone says it, don't they? Loosen up, loosen up. And I'm like, oh. Um, but it's not really something I've never done. It's something I've never shared. I think it's that fear of sharing something. Yeah. And... I I sent you a a drawing and you said something like, um, yeah, let's, what about something even more simple? So I thought, right, I'll give you simple. (laughs) And I sent you, didn't I, a a drawing I did. It's funny because if I put a timer on to say draw a person in one minute, I I would freeze. I I wouldn't be able to do it. But, um, I can draw a character in one minute, no problem, if I don't think about it. So I sent, I just did this drawing, and I do, I do things like this a fair amount, um, but I don't sh- ever show them. They're just more, like I was saying to you, they're just more when I sort of don't know what to do, and I'm just sort of almost doodling, really. I sent you one of these people, didn't I? And you really liked it, didn't you? Yeah, and I did. I didn't think it was simple, but I really liked it. But it was a, as simple as in the fact that it's not pedantic at all. No, but no, my no. fear has always been sort of sharing stuff like that, which is really silly, really. So, and I was really surprised you like it. You liked it, and it's quite funny. Did you ever watch Friends? Oh yeah. Oh well. Do Do you remember the episode where um, Chandler discovers Monica's secret cupboard? No. Well, you know she's OCD and absolute yeah, king-free. Yeah. Well, he f- comes across this cupboard and he realises he's never seen it open before and he doesn't know what's in it. So, And she will not show him what's in there. So he tries everything he can to kind of break into this cupboard because he's desperate to know what's inside. And when he finally gets inside, all of this mess just comes tumbling out and he just can't believe 
that she's got this other side to her, which is obviously she keeps well hidden in this cupboard, this messy, you know, unorganised side. And really, when I showed you that, it was like me opening my cupboard and saying, go on then, Tara, have, have a look inside my cupboard. And you said, I really like it. I like your messy cupboard. So it's quite funny because it kind of made me think, and I thought, I do this stuff and I chuck it. Maybe I need to stop being so scared about showing that side of me and actually just maybe embrace it a bit, maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, that's well, something... I, 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 I was thinking about this I and I kind of I totally get why you don't share it online because it's it's not just about yes you, you've got a little bit of fear of sharing it maybe because of how you'll be judged but also when you're selling paintings like you do yeah your audience you don't want to suddenly throw them this completely off the wall thing that's completely different to what you normally do mm. and I get it but that's why I wonder if you should use like those stories because they disappear so it's not in your normal feed. Yeah. So share it. But there is a thing where if you are selling work, you, you want to be seen for the kind of stuff you do, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I wouldn't enjoy painting like it at all. I really, no. really wouldn't. I, 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 it, it doesn't interest me at all. But well, I can imagine it being painted. It'd be so nice. Yeah, with a paintbrush. Oh, don't. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, you know, it's not... It's the painting style. I love painting, and I love that detail, and I and that's how I paint, and it's who I. It's really is my style, but drawing's different, isn't it? It's more of a yeah. and a sort of scape and a joyful process, and it doesn't always have to be about, um, you know, capturing a perfect likeness and all this sort of stuff. Um, so sometimes that can be quite joyful to do, but yeah, the, the fear of sharing, fear of now learning how to do Instagram stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to make me a video, Tara, to show me oh, how to do it. <laughs> I'll have to learn, yeah, learn how to do it myself, then show you. <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember when I first started painting, I mean, you mentioned the glass. Yeah. And I always assumed that painting glass would be one of the hardest subjects to do. And, you know, it would have been really easy for me to avoid it. But I decided that I was just going to tackle what I was most afraid of right at the very beginning. And that way, everything else would seem a lot easier but I was really surprised because I just loved it straight away and obviously it took time and practice and plenty of attempts that I wasn't happy with but as you know glass is now one of my favorite subjects to paint and it features in a lot of my paintings and um, it might have been that if I didn't face that at the very beginning I might still be procrastinating about it and you know I may not have got around to to doing it. I think sometimes doing a hard subject like that actually it becomes more of a challenge it becomes more fun as well don't you yeah I love the learning process I like the puzzle of it I like the working out well how how you know how can I make this look transparent it's actually really quite easy you don't actually paint glass at all you don't paint the glass you kind of paint the distortions and the refractions and and the glass kind of just happens so it's thinking of it like that I once had somebody email me actually and she said oh um can you tell me what what colour do you use to paint glass? And it was, you know, and I thought, yeah, you know, I can see why people might think that well, as beginners, but you don't have a glass colour <laughs> at all. And, um, but yeah, she was obviously sort of wanting to, and I said to her, don't be afraid of it, just do it. Just paint exactly what you see. 
is it like the juxtaposition of the <laughs> elements that are behind the glass? I don't know about I don't the juxtaposition. Is that in the right context. I don't. All. I don't think you are. No, <laughs> I think you might have that a bit wrong. All right, <laughs> but well done anyway. for getting it in there. By avoiding what you're scared of, you can be holding yourself back from something you might actually love in the end. You know, if you told me 30 years ago that I would be drawing how I do now, I really wouldn't have believed you because it is so different. I mean, I think I've said before, I used to do really, really traditional watercolours. And prior to that, I used to do really detailed pencil sketches, which is so not me. So if you're feeling stuck or bored or you're feeling a bit stagnant, it might be the time to actually, you know, mix it up a bit and try something you're a little bit scared of. Yeah, because, you know, I think it's easy, isn't it, to, like you say, to sort of find everything at a bit of a standstill and, and wonder why. And it can be that you're just ready to try something else. <clears throat> and um, I think sometimes it can be a bit more about being scared of feeling like a beginner again when you're trying something new, especially when you've been doing it for a while and you know that you're good at, you know, drawing or painting, you know you're, you're good at certain things. But having to learn something new, you're going back to that being, oh no, you know, I don't know what I'm doing again. But you can't, you can't learn without getting over that hurdle. Um, I mean, you know, you had to do it when you started drawing, you know, so you've got to do it where, when, you know, whenever you move on to something different or a different style, you've always got to be a beginner again. And actually, I know that feeling quite well, because especially since we've been doing Kick in the Creatives, and we're both having to do things that we probably wouldn't usually. And just um, because an artist is good at doing one thing, it doesn't mean to say that they're natural at all types of art. Um, as you know, Tara, my biggest struggle is to simplify my drawing style, as I said before, because, you know, like my painting, typically I get lost in the detail. So, um, you know, I really want to get more involved in doing these sort of fun and simple drawings in my sketchbook. But to get better at it, I've just got to do it. And, and whilst, you know, still at that stage where um, I'm not always happy with everything, at least I'm on the way to getting a lot better at it. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I think actually you saying... You know how you're scared of sharing it normally? Yeah. But you shared it with me. Mm. I think sometimes you actually have to share it with someone in order to know, because I might have said to you, do you know, it's, it's not that great. And you could have just mis dismissed that. Yeah. But if someone else has said, yeah, I think that's got potential, then you can actually see yourself, well, I might work into that a bit more. I might work it up. It is worthwhile, you know, experimenting a bit more. You do almost need a second or third opinion, don't you? I, I agree, yeah, yeah. And I, I think sometimes when you're doing something new, it's it's more about the fear of the end result. You know, it's not going to be your best work, probably. But but you can surprise yourself. You know, you've really got to get lost in learning and loving the process. Because what you might lose in technique or skill, you actually might make up with the excitement or the freshness of doing something new. Yeah, I think when you try something new and it turns out really badly, I think it can be really disheartening, can't it? I mean, oh, totally. Yeah, if you think of something you're really good at, but then think back to the first few times you tried it, then you know, the likelihood is that you weren't great at it at all back then. And it took time to get where you are now and probably quite a few failures along the way. But what you've got to remember is that failure is is not the opposite of success but it's rather a stepping stone to success and failures are what help us to improve and we've got to have them to get better 
Yeah, I think it also might be afraid that you think you're never going to be good enough, you know, whatever standard you judge that by. Because you see people, like on social media or whatever, and you see they are so far away from where you are now, you don't know if you can ever reach that point. So you kind of, is it worth me starting? But of course it is. And you might get there a lot quicker than you think if you really put your mind to it. Um, I heard a really interesting interview with, Diana Wackley. It's kind of it's Wakely or Wackley. Do you know? Probably Wakely, no? I think. <coughs> Wakely. Anyway, she was talking about how prolific she is, which I thought was really interesting. She said she once went to a journaling workshop and she made 14 pages where most people pay, made one. She says she's completely prepared to accept that she will make bad art because it's inevitable that you'll do that when you make a lot. But out of that time and practice will come good art. And I don't think she was even doing it for the sake of you know knocking them out that's just how she was and she thought they also talked about how a student might create a piece of art that they think is bad but when when the tutor themselves looks at it she they think well that would be something that i might make but because they perceive themselves at much of a lower level they kind of dismiss it they can't see the good in it it's funny you should say that because i know that certain like like those drawings i was talking about earlier uh, and um if I saw that and it was done by someone else, I'd be like, oh, that's, you know, great. Yeah. <laughs> but somehow because it's come from me, it's sort of scary. It's a bit like, oh, no, I, I, I can't. That's not me. You know. Yeah, well, I wrote, I wrote a blog post. I haven't shared it with you, actually, last night about this. And I think it's because you can see so much the wrong bits, can't you, in your own drawing, whereas other people can't see it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And we dissect our own stuff as well, don't we? Rather than seeing it as a whole. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and also, it's strange because I have this painting style. And it's established and I've no interest in moving away from that at all. It's, it's how I enjoy to paint. But what I find interesting and I think has become more evident since we've been doing this kick in the creatives is that I'm not sure what my drawing style is. <laughs> Because, right. <laughs> because I, as you know, in my sketchbook, I would do, you know, portraits of people and, and pencil and and they're always quite, well, I suppose that is more my style, my drawing style, but let's say sketching style then. Yeah. So, for instance, um, I drew in just a uniball pen, a pregnant woman, and that's all I did, it was just outlines. And it was very simplified. It was just basically that. Um, but it was still carefully put down. The, the You know, the, I was thinking about where the lines were going. Um, and then last night I did a ink and wash um, with a, a brush, a watercolour paper of, of a woman, didn't I? With um, I love that, yeah. Yeah, and that, and you know, I remember drawing something. I know that you like the Crystal Cook one I did, yeah, didn't I you? Do. I did a, a portrait of her years ago in my sketchbook. And... Um, it's kind of like that. I haven't, haven't practised that for a long time, but I thought, oh, I'll do one of those. And so it's making me... And, of course, I did, you know, showed you the other day, didn't I, the ones that I do in probably a minute. <laughs> yeah. And then I kind of look at it and think, actually, I didn't know that I had all these styles to choose from. But it's because I don't really... I tend to stick with one. But actually, I've realised that it's quite fun looking at all these things, thinking, oh, actually, you know... I, just because my painting style's like that, I don't. I can play when when it comes to my sketchbook. I can just do what I want. 
that's the point of a sketchbook, isn't it? Not to be scared of trying anything out in there. Yeah. And I, I, that is actually a good point because I saw someone, actually it might have been, oh, I can't remember who it was, someone on our group basically, and she's doing abstracts. And she says, I've realised this time that I'm doing these all in my sketchbook. Because if I do each of these out of my sketchbook, the abstracts, then it becomes more pressure on it. Whereas I have no fear. There's no fear in a sketchbook to experiment and be loose. She's almost <coughs> like what you're doing. Well, if it's in a sketchbook, you're allowed. Yeah, except... <laughs> oh. Except, well, no, I agree. I do agree. But this is where I'm so... This is... I mean, you know those really loose ones I keep talking about. When I will yeah. show, I will show a video of, of those. We'll do a video on on the, on fast sketching, shall we? For our art kit yeah, Sunday, yeah, yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. And I'll show them. But interestingly, I've only ever done those on scrap pieces of paper, um, as just playful. Like I'm bored, I don't know what to draw, and I'm just really doing it without thinking because I never thought they would be good enough to go in my sketchbook. <laughs> madness which is the opposite it is madness isn't it i mean funny enough i've got i i'm I'm doing exactly as as long as i've been painting and all the rest of it i'm doing at the moment exactly what a lot of the people in our group and and a lot of new newbie artists do really um with their sketchbook i have this new sketchbook because i finished my old one how long ago did i finish my old sketchbook tara you know i don't know oh i reckon it was about (laughs) about two or three months ago now had this new sketchbook Actually, Adele bought it for me for Mother's Day. And oh, you've mentioned that one. Have you not started that one? No, I haven't. Because it's that afraid to start the first oh, page. And no. do you know what? I'm preached to everyone. You you know, just go for it. But actually, it's, you know, I, I still have, have those hurdles myself. <clears throat> so I might, I think, maybe... <gasps> Yeah, I might just use that specifically for to fill it with these just really fast sketches because then there is really is no pressure. You should have bought yourself on a pound one of those pound ones from the um, the works. Then you wouldn't feel precious, and it's in a sketchbook. Yeah, I like the A fours though. Oh, okay. Um, no, I think this one. I think this is what I'm going to do. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm supposed to be saying <laughs> something most artists are guilty of as well is comparing themselves to more experienced artists. Yeah. But the reality is that everybody was that beginner person once. It took a lot of practice and a lot of failures to actually get their skill to the level it's at. You just don't see all those years that came before it. Oh, I remember, I remember when I started and I really aspired to be, you know, I really want to be able to paint like that. I really want to be able to paint like that. And now when I really look back, I think actually I've gone a long way over that now um and they're at a different level altogether but do you know what I mean you kind of everyone's different for a start so it doesn't actually you don't want to be like anyone else anyway but you you have to just keep going on the journey and you'll get there it's just it's just um well like I've said before and I say this all the time being willing to be bad before you can get good you know when I was in my um late teens maybe early 20s, I used to really like, you'll be surprised at this, Tara, I used to love drawing little cartoons. But since I've been painting the way I do, I, I stopped drawing like that. And I actually really miss it. And, and I think now, because I've lost touch with that side of my drawing, I've been avoiding it just in case I'm no good at it anymore. Um, and I really do want to 
kind of, you know, experiment with doing cartoony drawings, as you know. And that's the one type of drawing I, I'm not quite allowing myself to do because I'm like, oh, I'm scared. But as I say, recently I've been experimenting with, you know, sketching and drawing a, again in, in that kind of simple style. And, um, you know, I haven't found a style that comes completely naturally to me yet, but I have drawn some things that I've, I really like. Remember that? Do you remember that drunk woman I drew, Tara? Remember? I remember when you you said you were drunk when you drew it. <laughs> well, yeah, but she was. Yeah. I drew it. I drew a drunk she woman. She was really drunk. good. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'd had a few, <laughs> and I drew. I drew this woman who was sort of uh, just sitting there with a glass of wine, wasn't she? A bottle in her hand or something like that. Um, I don't know if you're thinking about the same one as I am. It's the one I with this innumerable pen. And she's kind of got like a negligee on. I mean, not see-through. Oh, no, I don't think I... I don't know. I've seen one where she got like a kind of... She looked a little bit eccentric and she'd got... I can't remember what her hair looked like. Oh, you're not thinking about the one with the feather boa on? Possibly. Oh, yeah, no, that wasn't the one. Funny enough, oh. that was... Yeah, I know what you mean. No, this is a different oh. one. I'll, okay. I'll text it to you later. All right. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, but anyway. It's not a rude one, is it? She's got a negligee on. No, 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 no. When I say negligee, it's not a negligee. She's just sitting in a 90. She's sitting in a onesie. <laughs> no, that would be me. <laughs> I wouldn't be in my negligee. <laughs> but but funny enough, that, that drunk woman I drew, that is one of my favourite pages in my sketchbook. Um, but I really wasn't comfortable at all with it at first. You know, but as soon as I was just able to see it for what it was, a bit of fun and something different, I realised that I really liked it. So maybe that's a style I want to revisit again. But yeah, I, I, I suppose I kind of do feel a bit like a beginner again because it's way out of my comfort zone, all of this um, stuff. But put me in front of a glass of rum or some marbles reflecting on glass. I've got absolutely no fear of painting that at all. But simple sketch in a style I'm not used to can feel quite alien. Yeah, it is. I don't know. It, I think everything is is new, isn't it? As soon as you pick up a new medium, it's new. Mm. I mean, for me, when I started drawing again um, by hand, you know, when we started the kicking the creatives, the first time I drew that bottle, when I'd had a few, was like completely alien. And it, it gradually comes back. I mean, it depends on how much drawing you did when you were younger, I guess, doesn't it? As well, yeah. How much it comes back. But, but you do kind of expect yourself to be better than you are. And I think, as well, if you watch a few tutorials, it's really bizarre. Because I can watch a tutorial, maybe, on how someone lays down a watercolour wash or something. Yeah. I mean, I used to paint those a lot. But I'll watch that and I think, oh, yeah, I can do that now. And then you try and do it you think, oh, my God, that didn't quite work <laughs> out as planned. Yeah. It's like watching it, you think you know how to do it then. It's, it's quite bizarre. But um, I think that's why you need to work out what your fear is. You know, if it's just something you avoid drawing, then the only way you can get over that is actually to try it and keep doing it over and over again. And also, sometimes you think you won't enjoy something, but when you actually try it, you can feel really differently. And that can really, really change over time. Just because you're worried about drawing something five years ago or, or you didn't like it five years ago, it doesn't mean you'll necessarily feel the same way if you try it again. It's like that food. Do you know, remember when you were a kid and you absolutely loathed certain foods? Yeah. And now you think, oh, I love it. Olives. Do you know what I'm the same with olives? I used to hate them, but now Me I too. love them. 
and, and apparently it's supposed to be an olive thing where you have to do it seven eat them you have to eat seven yeah. it's funny because paul hated olives and then we went to a jamie oliver rest, uh, restaurant um up in london um and they had some olives in the center of the table i can't remember what they're called begin with k uh, Kalkadiki olives. Oh no, Halkadiki, oh. is it? Begins oh, with H. <laughs> Something yeah. like that, anyway. And they were sitting in the middle of the table and he was so hungry. And he said, I'm so, so hungry because he'd been not, he'd not eaten because he knew he was going out for dinner. Yeah. And um, I said, just try one of those. And he, he was that hungry that he actually tried one. I said, you've got to eat seven. If you eat seven <laughs> of them, then you'll like them. I thought them. it was seven times. No, it, I think it's seven olives in a row, isn't oh. it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, that ch- that completely um, transformed his taste buds into loving olives. He really likes them now. Do you know what else I used to love when I was a kid, but I cannot stand it now? It's like sticking my tongue in a sugar bowl. Um, cream soda. Do you remember that? Oh, like when it tastes like ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, it, I do. It's like it's like it. lemonade, like but Coke it, floats. A bit like Coke floats as well. Yeah, uh, do you know my nan used to have that when I used because I wasn't allowed <laughs> fizzy drinks at home. We were never allowed fizzy drinks, and actually, I'm thankful for that because my teeth have always been very, very good, and I I, I can only thank my parents for that because I used to be annoyed that we couldn't have fizzy drinks. <laughs> but funny enough, I never let my kids have them either. <laughs> um, but my my nan, however, she always used to have cream soda and cherryade, and when we went round her house, it was this like excitement. <gasps> we're gonna get a fizzy drink and it's bright <laughs> red and this cream soda one yeah it's just like ice cream and I used to love it but I tasted it came back on the shelves um a little while ago didn't it and I thought oh cream soda I can't wait you know how how nostalgic <laughs> that's gonna be and I took a sip and it was revolting it was just so sweet and sickly I thought oh how anyone could drink that stuff I don't know <laughs> oh I bought some snowballs I still like them though oh my I nan remember... used to have snowballs oh, as well amazing yeah she used to I, give me I used to get them drinking them like in the middle of the day, though, <laughs> which is not ideal. Only one. But. She used to have uh, snowballs and baby sham, and I used to have them at Christmas, and I was probably about nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, actually, maybe uh, we're talking about the olives, and maybe we should look at everything that we do like olives and try everything seven times yeah oh that's so a good you idea ca- you cannot judge what for, for example oil pastels i used to loathe oil pastels yeah but unless you try them seven times you won't know if you like them or not do you know i got rid of mine because i hated them so much my oil you pastels. might like them now a bit late now got rid of them i got rid of loads of stuff Cause- because they're a bit like the neo pastels that I'm using yeah. at the moment. I, I think I had neo pastels as well, and I think I got rid of those. <laughs> I did you? Oh, you could have sent them. I to got me. rid of loads because I, I you know what, what it's like. You think you need everything, yeah, and then you realise that you hardly need anything at all, really. Yeah. Um, and I, I was going through my drawers in my studio and think, well, I have not touched this box of pastels for seven years. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get rid of it, and I did. I don't regret it because I I still know I don't like pastels. You did give them away though, I take it. I gave them away, yeah. yeah. That's good. Oh yeah, I didn't throw them away. Yeah. Um, do you know I don't know how we got onto olives. Oh, it's because I I was saying that the way you feel about things can change. So things you didn't like. Uh, oh yeah. 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 That's how it was. Now now we've got the seven time olive challenge. Challenge. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know, though, you know, it's when it's drawings and things, it's one thing. But 
there's nothing more disheartening than spending hours or even days of your time on something that ends up going in the bin. And this has happened to me before. I remember years and years ago, um, I've spoken about this before. Uh, this is when I very first sort of began. I did a series of vintage bears, vintage teddy bears, um, surrounded by vintage stuff. And I decided I would draw, I'd do another, I think it was my seventh um, at the time, out of eight. And I, it was one of those pieces that just did not go right from the start. But I kept saying to myself, I've spent too much time on this now to throw it away. I, I can't. I've got to make it work. And um, I think, I can't even tell you how many hours and hours and hours of, of time, my time I spent on this blooming painting. And the worst thing was, most of it was really, really went really well. And there was just this one element that went so badly and I just couldn't write it and uh, ended up putting my foot through it. But oh, no. yeah, I did. But the funny thing was I was so relieved when I did that because I, I thought if I don't put my foot through it, I'm going to pick it up again and I'm going to keep picking it up and it's never going to go right. Um, but what I do realise is that I learnt really valuable lessons from that painting that went wrong and I put that into my next piece you know armed with that bit more knowledgeable you know I'm not going to do that again <laughs> yeah. you know now I look back and I think why didn't I just paint over that part of the painting and I don't know but anyway interesting to look back now did you ever take a photo of it I took a photo of elements of it yeah the ones I loved oh, oh I just wondered if now if you looked at it you might not think it looked that bad. No, I think I probably wouldn't. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I Now I can see a way that I could have just, yeah, painted over the part that wasn't working and changed it. I could have done that, but I didn't. But there you go, it's, it was a lesson. But, yeah, it, that's exactly it. It was a lesson. But, yeah, I mean, when it's drawing, I think it's very different, isn't it? You've got, you're using a piece of paper, uh, you know, you're spending minutes or maybe an hour or so of your time. But when you've been doing something that takes a long time to do... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I still think that sometimes people have a fear that they're wasting time. Like, even if they've just done a drawing that's half an hour or whatever, that if people saw their efforts, they think, why, you know, why are you wasting your time doing that? Or perhaps there's a guilt that you feel like you should be doing something else, maybe with family or chores. It's that making time for the thing, you know, and, and not feel afraid that you're doing something wrong by doing it. You might also be scared that your expectations actually exceed your current ability, um, which we were talking about before, being the beginner thing, that you might actually get negative feedback, especially if you share something. Um, we do actually have an episode about this, don't we? It's episode nine, dealing with negative feedback. Oh, yeah, yeah. However, I think that most people on social media, in general, you get the odd one, but mm. most are pretty kind and encouraging. I mean, I've found anyway. Um, and you might even find that people love it, even if you've, you've done something you're not overly keen on. They all think it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think Instagram is one of those things, isn't it? I, I think that um, because you, you go on an Instagram page and you kind of look at all the thumbnails that are there, don't you? And you're supposed to post daily, although I don't post daily because I just, I, I just don't. Um, <laughs> I should. But you will oh, when you, you start doing your sketches and your stories, oh, won't you? Well... That's the thing, you see. Now, as a painter, a still life painter, when people come and visit my Instagram page, what do I want them to see? I want them to see paintings 
that I've done or I'm doing because that's what I do generally. Yeah. If they go on, if I post daily um, sketches that I've been doing in a minute, before you know it, all of, you know, they'll be, they'll be scrolling down for hours trying to find the painting. So that's where I struggle a bit. I'm like, well, I, I can't really do that because then people won't really know what I'm about. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, that, make, that makes total sense, yeah. So, yeah, I suppose that you could always have two accounts. Oh, I haven't got time for one account, let alone two. Well, so. <laughs> the story, the story, I think, yeah, um, the story. I think you're yeah. right. I think that's a really good idea of yours, actually. Yeah, I might... Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a look into that. <laughs> I was worried about those stories, though, because I, I think it wasn't on Facebook once where I I clicked on something and I had this horrible feeling that it was actually videoing, <laughs> live streaming or something. And I was just in bed watching TV playing around. And, you know, that's what worries me. I think, oh, my God, have I accidentally posted something to a story? <laughs> like my foot or something. <laughs> So I, I need to, I need to, what I need to do is watch a tutorial video on it, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I actually got really weird. I've actually got really weird lately about my Instagram. And this is really stupid because I haven't got a big established style. But I've been doing these weirdy orange drawings. Um, and I kind of like the way my feed look, not the feed, yeah. you know, like you see your homepage. I kind of like it because you can see all these orangey paintings all yeah. together at the moment. Yeah. But now I've done some, so for example, last night I was doing some doodling and I was just going to share those rather than doing a painting. I need a break from doing those, you know, the orangey ones. Mm. And now I think, I don't want it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want, I'm sounding like you. I don't want a black and white drawing in my orange Yeah. Thing. Well, maybe you could do some <laughs> blue drawings <laughs> if you do some blue ones you could juxtapose is it juxtaposition oh, them good. against the orange yeah. you could have a, you could be going through a blue period I could do, uh, and also I? your doodles what well, you know what you need to do put them on a story what? yeah do don't I? <laughs> I can't get precious i don't want to get precious no it's it's very difficult it's you know, it's easy to slip down that rabbit hole, yeah. isn't it? Of like, oh, and, and I do feel that when I scroll down my feed sometimes, I think, well, that really doesn't look like it belongs there. And half the time I think, should I just delete that? Should I just delete that? But I think, well, I need to not get so precious, you know. But it is yeah. hard when you're trying, when you, you want people to visit your page and see your the art that you're known for and, and what you do and what maybe you sell or whatever. Yeah. If you start putting five minute sketches in amongst it, and then you're doing that on a daily basis. You know, of course, you yeah. can't post every day if you're doing paintings. Well, you can. I suppose you can post progress shots. But you can't, you know, you can't do it Depends daily. how quick you are, doesn't it? Yeah, Depends and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think for me as well, it's a thing that eventually I'd quite like to sell some of my work. Yeah. You know, once I find something I'm really happy doing, I, I say I was quite enjoying the, the faces, but... It's that, it's that, oh, this weird thing, isn't it, going on in your head where, oh, should I make it all this one thing or should I mix it up a bit? Yeah, yeah. And it's the difference <clears throat> between, I guess, kicking the creatives and then wanting to look like a professional artist. If that's, that's a weird thing to say, isn't it? But I think you already have that style. I mean, you can, even when you're not doing your orange people, you can see everything of yours you have a style you have a thread of some description i don't know what it is i can't put my finger on it but there is definitely a thread there i don't know whether it's a ribbon of color that you use or something but something ties all of your stuff together so you've definitely got style so i don't think it matters 
Um, I really don't. I know I've completely forgotten what we were going to say. Well, I, it your I, turn? I, 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 we keep forgetting where we are because we keep going yeah. on a tangent. No, we keep going off. Are we going off yeah. topic? Kind of. I don't know. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, sometimes starting is the problem. Yes. So we can procrastinate, can't we? So much. And the problem might be that you have this kind of perfect image in your head and that you're almost scared that it won't turn out the way you hope. And there really is only one way to find out, isn't there? And that is to start. But that sometimes it's picking up the pencil or the paintbrush is the very hardest part. And once you put that, you know, on the paper, it's, you know, it'll be fine. It's just do it. It's that bit that's the hardest bit. It's the first thing, isn't yeah. it? I had that with a, you know, I did that one with the uh, really grey one with the guy with the newspapers in his oh, head. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, I, I had that in my head. Well, that is actually a revisit for something I did at college. Uh, it's done a totally different way, mm. but the, the actual theme. But I have one or two more in my sketchbook. And I did another one after that, which didn't work out and I hate it. But I have another one in my sketchbook and I keep holding back in, on creating it in case it doesn't look how I want it to look. I want it to look like that first one, but I keep also have an indecision about what medium to use. and it, it, So basically it just sits there. And because I like it as a sketch, because I tend to really, really like things, how they're loose and doodly and come out when I'm not over-laboured, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And then it's really hard then to put that into a more finished piece. I think as I'm well really it's hard when you've, when you've done something like that that you love, you're trying to emulate it in some way. It might be a different drawing, but you're kind of trying to give it the same feel and I think yeah. you know it, it is hard isn't it because you're kind of you've got that expectation and then you feel you fear that you know you might fail it might not be as good as the last one there's always going to be times when things aren't as good as the, the last one you know but you've you've got to you've got to go through them you've got to do them to get onto the next one yeah and it's as, as well when I've done the duff second one <laughs> Is that is Do, that like doesn't oh. mean there'd be a duff third one though? <laughs> no, I know, and I think it's also that being scared of certain mediums, isn't it? Oh. You know, for example, you hear how tricky watercolor is, and so that can put people off. And sometimes I wonder if my dislike of acrylic paint, on basically paint in general, is caused by the fact it slows me down because of my lack of experience, and also there's a bit of fear there probably. But watercolor, but, watercolor, would be all right with, wouldn't you? I'm not scared of watercolour. No, no. And that's um, fast. Yeah, but really weirdly, you know, um, oh, it's still not fast enough for me. I'll still get fed up waiting for the dry. <laughs> Hair dry. But I did. I, I found this thing, a really weird tip, and you probably know this tip already, but do you ever think, oh, I can't believe that I've never known that after, for like 30 years? Because I used to paint like that all the time. Yeah. And I saw, keep seeing people saying, before you start with your watercolours, spray them all with water oh did, right did you used to do that well no stretch your paper no no this is your actual paints oh spray them all with water yeah 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 because then it helps them to soften well, i never ever ever got taught oh, you're talking about the pans the aren't you yes. yeah 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 i've all the years obviously if you use even in tubes i guess you can squirt it out and spray them a bit because it's, fun, it's funny yeah. when you open um, a dried out pack of watercolor pans it yeah. can be surprisingly hard to work them up into a puddle of paint when they're bone dry. I think certain pigments are worse than others. I remember 
I don't know if it's a lizard and crimson or something like that, but I remember that one was particularly hard. Um, so yeah, just spraying them with water means that, you know, a few minutes before softens them up a bit and makes them slightly more easier to work up. But I don't like the pans at all, never have. I like the tubes. No, well, I used to use, I used to use tubes actually, but I've been using pans at home. But I just thought, I can't believe that I never knew that, you know. And so it's amazing what you can learn. Yeah. You'll never know unless you're told, will you? It's just little no, tips. But even after years, yeah. but you know, I've years of reading books way back yeah, on it and yeah. you know, all that sort of thing. I used to have um, um a watercolour uh oh, it was a Jonathan Pike, I think. Well I've still got it actually, big um palette. And for years, because I used to paint with watercolour years ago. Yeah. And I struggled with the beading. Oh, you know when it beads up into little bobbles. And it was in your palette. Yeah, you it was quite an expensive yeah. palette, and it used to really annoy me the fact that it would just bead up. Um, so instead of having a lovely puddle of paint, you'd get these little balls forming. It's just annoying. And then you know, it wasn't that long ago, maybe a year or so, I saw somebody online doing a video and saying what you need to do when you get a, buy any new watercolor palette. As soon as it comes, as soon as it comes through the post, get your flower paper or the finest sandpaper you can, and just gently sand the surface because that takes away that sort of finished, oh, I didn't know glossy, that. Uh, and it, it doesn't scratch it at all. It just takes that very superficial sort of slippery surface off. And I thought, God, I wish I'd known that back then because it used to drive me mad. <laughs> well, you said as well, you can add something, which I can't remember what the liquid was to it. And that would help. Gum? Arabic gum? Gum yeah, Arabic, sorry? It. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was one. Well, anyway, this definitely isn't a watercolour um, episode. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Should we go back to acrylics? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I'm a little, I'm probably a little bit scared of acrylics, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's scaredness or just impatience. Probably a bit of both rolled in, but probably if I was better at it and more skilled at it, then it probably wouldn't frustrate the hell out of me quite so much. Well, acrylics, they dry so fast. That's they why dry I... dry so blooming slowly. Yeah. I well, want to dry quicker. Oh, no, you'd hate oils then. It depends if you're using them like watercolour. The great thing about acrylics, they're light fast, aren't they? Which is great, um, whereas watercolours aren't always. Um, but you can use them like watercolour, so that's good. But what about, have you tried acrylic inks? Yeah, I've got some acrylic yeah. inks. They're, they're quite cool, but they don't give... The sort of effect I want mm. is is not a you know translucent thing it's yeah it's i want thick paint yeah. if you know what i mean why don't you if you're worried about things that dry too slow then why don't you have several pieces on the go yeah. at once so you think well, well that's, that's drying i'll do the first layer of this one that's what i was doing with these faces yeah because I was doing a watercolour underpainting, just a basic... Yeah. I wasn't using a pencil. I was just drawing them out, colour in watercolour. Mm. So I was having two on the go. Yeah. So then while one watercolour was drying, I have the other one <laughs> being done. Because I can't even wait for watercolour. Oh, I've just had a bit of inspiration. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I'll talk about it later. It's about one of oh, our it's videos. it's to do with podcasts. It's one of our videos. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was bang in the middle of an episode. That's so unprofessional. <laughs> But I used to I used to paint with watercolours um, because I was really afraid of using oils, believe it or not. And I, I'm an oil painter. And, um, I mean, the mediums of oils all sounded just so complicated and 
you know, you get this vision, don't you, of somebody with millions of jam jars and they're mixing recipes and all this to make their medium and blah, blah, blah. And I think, God, that looks so complicated. But, you know, a friend of mine um, who's also an artist, she finally persuaded me to give them a go. This was obviously a long time ago now. Do you know what? As soon as I tried them, oh, I just fell in love. I never looked back. I just loved them straight away. And they, they're not complicated. I thought they were complicated. I was frightened um, by them because I felt that, oh, no, I can't do that. That that just looks so complicated. And it really isn't. I mean, yeah, there are lots of different oils and mediums. And eventually you might find the perfect recipe of your own for your painting. But until then, you know, when you're starting out, there are plenty of ready-made mediums out there that you don't have to mix up at all. And if they turn out to suit you, then that's great. But if... Um, you don't even need to change you don't have to change anything but now when I look back quite frankly I think watercolors are much harder than oils it's funny isn't it the thing I was most afraid of is, is easier than the thing I was doing at the time <laughs> yeah it's what you're used to isn't yeah. it and, and I think as well with anything you can make it as complicated or simple as you want mm. it's like I've started watching a few acrylic videos yeah you know tutorials and some of them go into all this fancy stuff about using all these texture pastes and oh, yeah. all this stuff. And, and yes, you can use a texture paste if you want to, but you don't have to. You can no. just start with the tubes and some water. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, um, I did do acrylics for a while I, uh, as well. Um, I didn't like them because they dry too quickly. I've never liked them, but yeah. Um, well, the next bit I was going to say, we've already covered. No. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know if you want to go on to talking about um, going to workshops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing, isn't it? Workshops. Um, I think sometimes it really is just one step forward and two steps back. It's just the nature of what we do. And I think one great way of getting past all of this is to find an artist who you really admire and see if they do workshops. And that way, at least you get a bit of guidance to help you along the way and you can experiment alone with a bit more confidence behind you and actually a lot of artists I think worry about going to an art class or a workshop because they're scared that they'll be the worst in the class um, and I think sometimes the unknown is far worse than the reality and apart from that you'll find that everyone there is probably feeling the same and most of you you know will only be interested in your own results they're not going to be passing judgment on yours they're going to be looking at their own and judging theirs you know, and if you do feel like you're worst in the class, then maybe it's a sign that that's just not the right one for you. But don't let it put you off trying a different one, because sometimes you have to experiment with styles before you can possibly know, you know, if you're going to be any good at it or if you're going to enjoy it. And I remember going to a workshop once years ago. I think I may have spoken to you about this before. Um, it was before I'd ever even found my style or, or the medium I loved. And this will make you laugh. The artist was teaching how to paint really, really loose, almost abstract watercolours. And I felt so out of my depth. I definitely felt like I was the worst in the class. <laughs> but, you know, if you look at how I paint these days, well, it's no wonder I felt like that. It just wasn't a good fit. It, it was never a style that was ever going to be one that came naturally to me at all. And since then, I've been to other workshops which have been really suited to me and I love them so much. I've, I've I'm, I'm wanted to go back on to a third one with the same person. Um but I think, so it's important not to get disheartened by that and not worry about being the worst in the class. I think you just got to do it. And um, 
think the most important thing is just to overcome that fear. Just give it a go because you really don't know until you try. And I think as well, if you go to a workshop, okay, that, that one was totally wrong for you, mm. the, you know, the abstract watercolour one. But if you do go to a workshop and you're the worst there, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because that how, means... How, how is that now? <laughs> <laughs> because that means everybody in the room can help you. Oh, yes. Because, I mean, it's totally different. But when I used to go to karate, I was the worst in the room, basically. Because um, it was a very small class and all the guys were black belts, apart from me. And basically, it was generally all guys and me. Mm. So, I actually... I mean, I, I was useless, but... It meant that whoever I got paired up with could help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's probably what you can find. As long as it's not a really you know, arrogant or whatever workshop, mm. if, you, if you're in like that, whoever you sit near is going to be able to give you advice. Yeah. If they're better than you. Yeah, and then one day you'll find it will be someone else coming up to you and asking for advice. Because I remember this exact same issue with that watercolour class. You know, I was like, oh, help, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? And people were like, oh, yeah, no, just do it like this. And yet when I did the the class that suited me much better, you know, I had people coming to me saying, oh, I just don't understand, you know, how, how are you doing this? So it's, you know, just finding what you're good at and what you enjoy. And if you enjoy it, who cares anyway if you're the worst in the class, like you say. I remember going to a life drawing class. I've spoken about this before with my friend. Um, it was a local one. And I just was, I felt so out of my depth because I'd never been to one before. There's all these people in a circle um, drawing this, this lady. But there was one guy and he had the whole works on. He had the beret. And I'm not joking here at all. I promise you I'm not joking. He had the round glasses and he had the smock. And he was lunging at his canvas and scrubbing with these oils and I was just there thinking, oh, my gosh, everyone here is just so, so experienced. And, and I was there sort of barely managing to do her toe in the time it took everyone else to do, like, her body in seven different positions, you know. And uh, when we all had sort of stopped and made this, had a coffee, I found myself turning my stuff against the easel so no one could see it oh and I remember walking around to this guy who just seemed like the most amazing I was in awe when I was watching him um when I look back now I kind of think it was a little bit pretentious if I'm honest because when I did walk past I didn't see anything there was definitely no figure it was just lots of scrubbing <laughs> of paint and he was yeah. really proud of it but I mean oh, no. at the end of the day it's nothing it doesn't mean he's his wasn't good it just meant he was confident in what he, he was doing he was obviously inspired somehow to make these marks on this canvas and he was yeah. just going for it and he was really proud you know so I'd love to have my confidence yeah yeah and he will Can go on wait unless he probably already has to probably make millions <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because he has that confidence and he's just like no this is what I want to do you know if you don't see what I see well then tough you know so yeah it always amazes me people with languages I know it's, it's it's a different thing but people who are really confident sort of saying things in another language like I know a bit of French but when I have to try and say it I'm a blithering idiot yeah <laughs> I'm totally bad and yet Kevin um my partner him and a mate they went to France and uh, he said his mate, who doesn't know much French, is so confident about how good, not really, his French is. And he said um, they were in this uh, cafe or, or bar or something. They were ordering uh, food. And he just goes, 
his mate goes, and Le Veges de Bal, <laughs> which is a, a night, it, apparently all the bar were just like cracking up at him. <laughs> like Del Boy. That, you, huh? Like yeah. Del Boy from, from Only Fools and Horses, Mange 2, Mange 2. <laughs> but it's just that, um, like you were saying about this guy, this yeah. so much self-confidence, and yet do they have the ability to back up the, the self-confidence? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, if they, it's almost like he believed it so much. I almost, well, I believed it. I was like, well, it must be good. Yeah. <laughs> there must be something I'm not seeing. But yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I, I can, if I go to France, I'm, I'm really good because I can tell someone to turn left after the bank. <laughs> right. Tournier, no, is it? Tournier à gauche après la banque. Um, I can tell someone to turn right after the bank as well. And I can ask for a cheese sandwich. Very good. Yeah, but that's it. Well, you'll have, you'll have to come to France to help us next time. <laughs> that's it. That's all I can say, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Right, so we go on to our previous question that we had last time. Mm. That was, what is the best piece of art advice you've ever received? I'm interested to know what your answer is, Tara. Oh, God. You do, do you know? I, I ask you every time, and then you always say, "I haven't, I haven't thought about it." <laughs> I haven't. I just write the question down. I just cut and paste. <laughs> um, do you know what? I can't even think of any. Oh, do you want to tell? I'll tell you mine. Okay, you tell while me. While you think of yours. Okay. Okay. So, I think the best advice I ever received was actually from my uncle Danny, who I've spoken about before. Um, who's passed away now, but he was also an artist, an amazing artist. And I remember him years ago looking at the first painting I ever did that I was proud of. And he really loved it. And that was the day he said to me, Sandra, you are now a real artist. And it meant absolutely everything. But then he looked again at my painting, which I loved. And he said, um, you do realise, though, that they won't always be like this. There will always be paintings that just don't work. And I remember thinking, oh, but, but I, I thought I'd nailed it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, of course, I had this thing in my head, well, now I've done one, there, everything's going to be fine, you know, they're all going to turn out well. But, of course, he was totally right. And I think it was only a couple of paintings later that I produced an absolute monster. Now, if he hadn't warned me, I think I would have felt really discouraged but instead, I remember thinking, well, you know, Uncle Danny told me this would happen. Because of that, I just moved on to the next. And every single time I do a painting that doesn't work, which thankfully these days is rare now, because I sort of know what I'm doing. But when it doesn't go right, I just think, yeah, I, I just, I'll remember what Uncle, Uncle Danny said. And it always helps. And that's really what you've got to do. Yeah, I still can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad, isn't it? I'm sitting here thinking. Uh, I'm sure people have. I can't think of anything. I mean, there's all little tiny, you know, snippets of things. Yeah. Someone telling me in the past, like, obviously to use complementary colours yeah. and shadows. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're all tiny. They're not hmm. Not a big Oh, well, maybe, maybe you can think a bit for next time. Maybe. Yeah, so I've got a answer here from Dorothy Walker. She says, experiment and do original things. Don't copy others' work, such as in tutorials, but let yourself be inspired by them. I think that's great advice. I always had trouble actually literally following, literally, literally. Uh, following tutorials word for word. 
if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'd rather do my own project yeah. but use whatever they taught in it. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm the same. And we've got Deb saying, and she says, never compare your work with someone else's. Bad art happens, so move on. You'll learn from your mistakes. Yeah, and I've got Sybil Gonzalez-Nin. Don't give up. Just try another medium. Did you give me that name on purpose because you thought I wouldn't get to read it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I work them all out just so you get them. <laughs> and then I've got Carol Vazenko, and she says, never give up, especially on a piece you think is hopeless. Keep going. You can turn it around. And I've got Mary Flynn. Don't be afraid to make the darks really dark. And I'll tell you what, that's another piece of advice I had years ago that was brilliant. And I so agree with that. You know, the darker your darks, the lighter your lights will appear. So that's that's a really good bit of advice there. I've got another one from Mary Flynn. And she says, don't take rejection personally if you don't get accepted into a show. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I remember taking my one of my paintings years ago into a, a gallery to see if they would be well, not a gallery. It was more like a little local arts work. There's a bookshop that sold a bit of art. <laughs> I got out and she went, oh, no, that's definitely so bad. Though, definitely not. And I was, yeah. I was absolutely heartbroken. Um, but now when I look back, I realise that actually the kind of style that I was doing was completely the wrong fit for that place and i understand that now but I, I do think she could have been a bit more um tactful about it but yeah, that's yeah. like my tactability that does yeah <laughs> but yeah it's very important not to take rejection personally i totally agree with that one too and i've got uh cheryl martin she says try new things all your life and life will take you on an adventure art is a new thing for me and i'm enjoying the adventure Okay, and I've got Mumsy Savo. She says, to be proud of my accomplishments and post my work for feedback. All thanks to KITC and the support of the group. I'm now never embarrassed. That's lovely, oh, that's isn't That's lovely. Sue Coulter-Lesh. Great artists were beginners once. You are seeing their work after years of practice. Yeah, very true. And I've got Kim Hine. And she says, the same one I'm giving Miss Five-Year-Old. Look for the shape of things and draw those. Learning that has made my art more accessible. And I've got Flottifort. It's only a piece of paper. If you fail, you can throw it away. That's the advantage of having a pound um, sketchbook, isn't it? If you're, if you're <laughs> buying really expensive watercolour, maybe not. And I've got Darina Bell Petty. And she says, actually, it's a quote I read recently. I don't wait for the muse. The muse waits for me. I just show up. And that was a quote from, see, I should have given you this one. Akiane Kramarik a child prodigy who started painting at age four. She said this at about nine years old. She's an amazing artist. This really struck a chord with me. Too often I wait for the muse or the weekend or the dishes are done. Oh, I think we're all a bit guilty of that one as well. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe a nine-year-old said that. It's so no, wise. yeah. Scary, one day we'll scary, be that really. wise. <laughs> <laughs> I have got Queenie, and I'm not going to say the rest because I don't know how to say it. It's X. X-C-V-I-I. I think it's a Roman numeral, but I'm not sure. So, Queenie, she says, keep practising and don't focus on your style. Get the basics down and through your practice, your style will emerge. Just keep practising. I've got laughing out aloud at you or me. Readers are okay. Keep at it. Just never throw it away and quit. I've got King R. England. Don't stare at it for too long. If you're overthinking it, take a break and come back to it later. My wife, Vanessa L. King. I think your wife is very wise. And I've got George Bike Fitter. Let go of expectations and outcomes. Play. That and a version of something said above. 
It's only paint in a canvas. What's the worst that can happen? Okay, so today's question is, where do you see yourself creatively in five years? So where do you see yourself creatively in five years? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I'll have to think about that one for next time. Mm. Um, as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kit Creatives or let us know in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I suggest you do. We will also put the question up there and on the Facebook page and, of course, on our Instagram page, which is Kicking the Creatives. And just before we go, we want to mention the challenges we have coming up for May. So first of all, we have a brand new challenge, which is called Blooming Marvellous May. We are challenging you to create a piece of flower art every day throughout the month. You can use any medium you like, such as paint, embroidery, clay, printing, digital or mixed media. You could even use actual flowers. <laughs> we also see the return of Miniature May. So we're challenging you to create a miniature piece of artwork no more than 5 by 5 inches every day throughout the month of May. We've also got Quick Kick May. And Quick Kicks are our monthly challenges that you can complete in 15 minutes or less a day. For May, we are challenging you to create a simple drawing using your non-dominant hand every day throughout the month. This challenge stimulates the creative side of our brains by using our wrong hands. Studies have shown that when using our dominant hand, only one hemisphere of the brain is active. However, by using our non-dominant hand, both sides of our brains are active. And finally, we have Kick Time May. Kick Time is our monthly challenge designed for those creatives who would prefer to sink their teeth into one big project over the whole month rather than to take part in lots of smaller ones. And it's designed for any kind of creative project. We'll give you a prompt each month and you can use it to inspire a story, a poem, a piece of art, a piece of music. The list is endless. The best part is that you get to work on any creative project which is inspired by that word for a whole month. We'll give you a brand new prompt word at the beginning of every month to use as your inspiration. And the word for May is evolution. Don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd be so grateful if you'd just leave us a little review on iTunes or even just a star rating if you don't have much time. Of course, as well, if someone doesn't use iTunes uh, and uses, say, Google Play or Stitcher, if you give us a review on there, that would be great as well. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our weekly YouTube videos, Art Kick Sundays. They're light-hearted and fun, but they are informative too. So if you want to laugh at our expense, <laughs> go ahead and have a look. And I just wanted to mention, um, we did that art, well not art really, a podcast relay, didn't we? Oh yes, yes, week. we did. Um, and I know that your creative push, who we tagged in the relay, and also Three Point Perspective, the illustration podcast they're both i think going to be putting out their episodes soon so if they haven't already by the time this airs check those out as well yeah and that that's the uh, where they're going to be talking about our subject we covered last time which was using art to convey a message or a story so that's it yeah that's it we're done we didn't go off topic too much did we (laughs) (laughs) oh as we always do we always do Right, yeah. Sarah, so um, we will chat again in a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, we won't really. We'll, we'll chat in five minutes, but we'll, yeah. we'll chat to everyone else <laughs> in a couple of weeks. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon.
So, you've got a question for today, haven't you? Well, you've got, we've got to read out some of the answers first. Oh, yeah. Hold on, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Charlie's coming. Oh. You need socks. They're in the tumble dryer. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they're... Hopefully they're... You know you're live on air, Charlie. <laughs> Luckily he's not. Oh, my goodness. Right, I can't remember. Yes, start again. Okay, so you've got to read out Dorothy Walker. Yeah, but you haven't, have you, you haven't asked the question yet. I have. I've asked it. And then you've said what your best bit of advice was. This was last time, yeah? Yeah, but you haven't, you haven't read this one out yet, which is where do you see yourself creatively in five years? No, because we've got to answer, we've got to read out the questions that people did for the last one. Which was, oh, gosh, I've put them in the wrong place. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Oh, my goodness. Okay, right. So let me just... Oh. Okay, right. So, yeah. <laughs> you got them now, yeah? Dorothy Walker, yeah. you're reading out, yeah? 